done for us. We lift your name on high. We praise you. We worship you. We respond to all, of, all that you are. Use that which we give. All we have and are. Use it all for your purpose. To build your kingdom, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, church. So we're almost at the end of our series on worship. And so I want to share a quick tip, right? But I'm going to use scripture. It comes out of Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. So as they were on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed in him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teachings. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve all alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. You see, today's worship series or worship session is about being present. And oftentimes, we come into the house of worship, but we're thinking about all the things we still need to do. We're thinking about, oh, I didn't clean this morning. I didn't cook this morning. All these sorts of things. We're thinking about work. We're thinking about stresses, our family. But I want to encourage you this morning that as we worship, we are meant to worship completely. We are meant to be totally focused on Jesus in worship. And so as you listen to the message and as we continue to sing later, I want you just to make a conscious decision that you're going to wave off all the distractions and keep your eyes firmly focused on Jesus. Amen? So last Sunday, we went to church um, in a place called St. Albans, just outside of London. And we had a great time of praise and singing. And then we got the news that there was a sewerage blockage. And the sewerage was blowing back into the church toilets. So being in England, we evacuated the church. Um, because you can't worship when there's a problem. I guess yeah, there were small children around and it's difficult if you've got small children in church not to have the toilets working. So we went home and watched the sermon um, which they then streamed. I'm not going to do that to you today. You're going to actually spend the rest of the service here <laughs> with me. So we're, we're in the, the kind of final throes of the series on, on worship. And uh, a month ago, I started by talking about what do you, asking the question, what do you bring to worship? What do you bring to worship? Um, your presence you on time, your honesty, telling God how you really feel, uh, your words as we use liturgy, your prayers, our singing, um, our active listening, our attitude, our willingness to allow God to work in our lives. And then the next week, Gene spoke about preparation. Um, and what, what are the things we prepare to do every day or kind of as part of our lives? And do we prepare as well or as intentionally uh, for worship, whether it's private worship at home, or whether it's gathered worship together. And, uh, and Jean said, worship is not something we do to make God happy. Worship is a response to what God is doing in our lives. Um, and she suggested 
things like reflecting on our day, maybe journaling or art or, or listening to song. Um, and then that spiritual examine at the end of the service was particularly helpful. And then Alex preached. Um, and, and it's really a joy to listen to Alex when he preaches. Um, and he said, we, we, don't, we don't come to church to watch worship. We participate. Um, and, and what did he tell you to say to your neighbor? Can you remember? Participate, don't spectate. Remember that? Um, last week, Gene spoke on presence. Um, and Alex reminded us of that now. And so today's theme is actually practice. Practice, practice, then practice practices. And if you're a student of the English language, you'll notice that the C changes to an S, whether it's a verb or a noun. I learned that last night, so I've got to share it with you. Um, yeah. So of course, I haven't been here for the past few weeks. Um, three weeks ago, I was on a bicycle and didn't kill myself. Um, and then, uh, two weeks in the UK. And one of the things that, that we did is we went to visit some friends who had emigrated to the UK over the past uh, two years, three years. And, and one of the things that we did is, is they included us in their activities, their normal daily life activities. So we attended life group on a Wednesday and, well, tried to attend church uh, on the Sunday. And it was really cool to realize that actually we're part of a great big worldwide God family. Whether, whether you're here or whether you're in St. Albans or Potter's, Potter's, Potter's Bar, um, it doesn't matter. You're part of a great big Jesus family around the world. Great to be part of their fellowship and part of their worship. And as I said a couple of weeks ago, after our visit to our children's church for Rachel's uh, de granddaughter's dedication, um, one of the things that I, as a pastor, had to do is I had to decide whether I was going to participate, thanks Alex, in the worship, or whether I was going to put on my kind of pastor hat and criticize and make notes about what really worked and what didn't work. And, and, and I want to say to you, si and Asai, even they messed up their multimedia. I kind of, I sat there saying, yeah, we're not the only ones who get it wrong sometimes. Um, no glitches this morning, thanks Asai. But, but I had to decide whether I was going to participate and be part of it and allow God to work in my life. And he did as I participated. Those things really work. Um, be present. Participate makes a difference. And if you've missed any of the series, go and watch it on our church's YouTube channel. Of course, one of the things that we try and do when one of us is, or more of us are not here is we kind of say to you where we are because one of the things you may have noticed is that if, if I'm not in church, I'm away. If Jean's not in church, she's away. If Alex is not in church, he's away. Because it is our practice to be here on a Sunday. It's what Christians do. And so I'm going to go to our first reading. And there, there are a couple of short readings. The first one is from Luke chapter 4, verse 16. So Jesus goes to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. On the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as he usually did. He stood up to read, and the scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. Jesus unrolled it and found the right place. Some of the translations say, Jesus went to the synagogue as was his practice. It was something that Jesus did. You see, he had a number of weekly and daily practices. 
one of his practices was to be together with the faith community on the Shabbat, the Sabbath. And then Jesus also spent time on his own. If you read the Jesus story, often he goes away by himself, mostly, well, every day he goes away by himself to spend time with Father God. It is his practice. And someone once said to me, you know, if, if, if the Son of God needed the practice of being in worship every Sunday, or Sabbath day, they worshiped on Saturday, Sabbath. But if it was the Son of God's practice, if he needed to be in worship on the Sabbath, and if it was the Son of God's practice because he needed it to be together with Father God on a daily basis, how can we say we don't need it? It's not important. Of course, Jean reminded us three weeks ago that, that our being here is not so we seen by God, but it is so that we can see God. God knows that you're here. Even he doesn't need to see you. He knows you're here. We can't say, Lord, here I am, surprise, he knows you're here. But our gathering together for worship is so that we can get to see him. And of course, you can meet with God in other places, but there's something about the intentionality of corporate worship, being present in the presence that makes a difference. It just helps us to see God better. Alex reminded us that, that singing our songs um, is a way to speak out what we believe, to declare to others and to ourselves what we lead about, believe about God. And sometimes we do that prophetically because we're kind of we struggling, but, but, but we declare it because we know that God is always good. And so we declare those things about God. As Alex and Jean reminded us, sometimes we're in that difficult place that that singing these declarations help us move from a place of struggle and unbelief to a place of faith and hope. And friends, the practice of being here helps us to do that. If we're only coming once a year, twice a year, ten, once a month, we, we don't experience that because it's cumulative, and I'll talk about that in a moment. You see, our practice, these habitual actions that we do, actually help us with our participation and our presence, being present in God's presence. And when we practice these things, things happen. So that, that little slideshow that we've been putting up before service starts, we started that, oh, I think, about six months ago. And immediately, it was like someone flicked a switch. Immediately, we started using that as a kind of focus as we come into worship, into the sanctuary on a, on a Sunday. Those who lead worship will tell you it felt different being up front. Those who preach will tell you there was a response. Why? Because you come in and begin to focus your attention, prayer, being present in God's presence, and begin to pray for the sound system and the multimedia and the worship team and the preacher and people around you. And something happens. People began to experience God more and more. Imagine if all of us were here five minutes before service, instead of standing outside talking to friends, coming in and practicing some presence, just being in God's presence and praying. 
preparing ourselves, as Jean reminded us that, that first week I was away, preparing ourselves for what is about to happen. Um, theologians talk about a holy anticipation. It's kind of, I'm expecting God to show up. I'm expecting to experience something. Of course, that, that would mean that you left home 10 minutes earlier than you do now, which may be a shock for some people. But it actually works, because um, you get there and you're ready. Ask your children. So let me just ask your children, would they prefer to be at school on time or five minutes late? Because when you're five minutes late, everything's under pressure. You're running from the gate to the classroom. You've got to find the right classroom. You've got to get the right books. So when you're on time, your brain kind of slides into where it needs to be. Practicing the presence of God sometimes means we need to do the preparation stuff that Gene and Alex were talking about. You see, as we, as we did with the Potter's Wheel series, remember the Potter's Wheel series? The Lord says to, Je to Jeremiah, go to the potter's house and see what I will teach you. And, and he sees the potter working the wheel, and there's a pot on there, and the potter decides that, wheel is, 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 uh, that, that, that vessel is not as it should be. And so he makes a new vessel. And, and, and the series, we spoke about what happens between him noticing the problem and fixing the problem. The potter stops the wheel, takes the clay off, deals with the imperfections, gets it ready to mold and reshape. And that in between, that takes time. And our preparation and our participation and our intentionality about being present all takes time and intentionality. You see, when, when God works in the worship service, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's because some people have been praying. Maybe you've been praying too. It's because some people have been participating, getting involved in stuff. Maybe you've been participating. Some people have been preparing themselves. Maybe you've prepared your, been preparing yourself as well. That's why stuff happens here. And it's not just the, those who are up front who need to be doing that. It's all of us together. Things happen because either you're praying or someone's praying for you. Because you participate. Watching is not nearly as effective as participating. The second reading I want to take us to is, is Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Brothers and sisters, God has shown us his mercy. So I'm asking you to offer your bodies to him while you are still alive. Your bodies are a holy sacrifice that is pleasing to God. And when you offer your bodies to God, you're worshiping him in the right way. Don't live the way this world lives. Let your way of thinking be completely changed. Then you'll be able to test what God wants for you, and you will agree that what he wants is right. His plan is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, it's, it's, it's a crazy metaphor that, that Paul uses when he, when he says, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, because you will know that in Jewish culture, sacrifice meant the death of an animal, whether it was uh, an act of attrition for sin, or a, a, a sacrifice of praise. It required the death of an animal, a, a dove, um, a lamb, a goat, a cow. And so now Paul says, offer yourselves as living sacrifices. Does it mean we die? Well, not physically, because we carry on living. And that's why it says a living sacrifice. We, we sacrifice ourselves every day. We give ourselves to God 
every day. We put aside what we want and we say to God, I want what you want, a living sacrifice. It's a daily practice. A daily practice of surrendering to God. And of course, all of our spiritual practices have a cumulative effect. Last year, we, we, when I preached that Andy Stanley series called Barriers, uh, the things that God puts in place to prevent us from crashing our lives uh, into oblivion, he reminded us that, that the bad decisions we make have a cumulative effect. One bad decision upon another upon another just creates a snowball effect where things get worse and worse and worse. And if they don't get worse right away, they're going to get worse further down the line, and they will be worse than what they are if they happen now. In the same way, it's a spiritual principle that, that the practices we practice, season S, the practices we practice, when we do the things that God wants us to do, when we spend time in God's presence, when we prepare ourselves for worship, when we participate in worship, when we're present, dealing with the distractions, as Alex reminded us now, Jean did last week. When we do those things, they have a cumulative effect. The more we do them, the greater the effect. So the more we're in God's presence in public worship or in private worship, the effect is cumulative. It gets more and bigger and greater. The more we do the Christian life, the more we practice worship, the more things happen. But they don't happen in a transactional manner. The transactional manager says, manager says well, um, if I do this, God will do that. If I do that, God will do that. And if I do that, God will do that. If I pray this prayer, God will answer it that way. And there are, I respond quite aggressively to memes that, you know, say, if you pass this prayer on, on Facebook, then God will bless you. No, it doesn't work like that. That's not biblical. But, it, but the biblical principle is cumulative. So as we put ourselves in God's presence, as we spend time with God present, so more and more He works in us. So John, in his letter... Um, 1 John 1 speaks about walking in the light as Christ is the light. And, and, and our worship, our being together is like that. When we walk in the light, you know, when the lights are on, uh, well, Eskin, but when the lights are on, you can see around the place. You can see what's going on in the house. You know, you know where everything is. You don't bump into everything all the time. When the lights are off, what happens? You bump into stuff. You hurt yourself. And the more we walk in the light, which, who is Jesus, God's presence, the more we're able to see things for what they are, the more we're able to trust God more and more and more. And so it is with our daily and weekly practices. They put us in the presence of God where we can, where we can experience Him and participate in what He's doing. Our last scripture for today is from the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. Let us hold firmly to the hope we claim to have. The God who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we stir one another up to love. Let us help one another to do good works. And let us not give up meeting together. Some, some are in the habit of doing this. Instead, let us encourage one another with words and hope. Let us do so even more as you see Christ's return approaching. So the writer to the Hebrews writes to Hebrew Christians who had begun to neglect gathering together, either in small groups or home groups, we call them life groups, or in public or corporate worship. 
And the point the writer to the Hebrews makes is that meeting together is as important for others as it is for you. You see, your not being present affects me. Your not being present means that you're not able to encourage me. You're not able to help me speak words of life into my life. And when I'm not present, I'm not able to do that for you. Of course, being together in worship means that I meet with God, so that there is a blessing for me. But when I'm not present, it has an effect on you. And so, so the writer to the Hebrews says, you know, get together for your own sake, but especially for the sake of others. The tougher the times, the more important this is. I say that again, the tougher the times, the more important this is. But if you're not getting together with others when things are going well, you're probably not going to be in the habit of coming together when things are difficult. But the one thing we know is that when, things, when times are tough, being together makes a difference. That's why we missed worship so much in 2020 and 2021. That's why it was so hard on us not being together. Friends, being online, and it's good to have you online, being online is, is great. But you don't have this. You don't have a brother or a sister who puts their hand on your shoulder when they can see the tears winning up. Someone to pray for you, someone to encourage you. You just don't have that. Someone who, after service, will say something to you that reminds you of God's goodness and God's presence. But it's all about practice, about repetition, about doing it over and over again. Something that happens when we get into the habit of these practices is that we begin, because it's a cumulative effect, we begin to experience God even in the tough times. Just like singing sometimes is in faith or prophetically speaking over our lives until we get to the point where we have faith and hope again. Putting ourselves in God's presence, the practice, the repetition, the over and over putting ourselves into God's presence daily and weekly like this puts us in the place where we know that God is with us and we're able to see Him even in the difficult times. Our theme verse for the series has been John 14, 23 to 24. The kind of worship that God wants is that we worship Him in spirit and truth. And friends, worshiping in spirit and truth requires preparation, participation, and presence and practice. They put us in God's presence. They help us to focus, all of which require us to be mindful, as Jean reminded us, mindful that we, from a spiritual perspective, there are particular things we need to be doing over and over again. May you discover that being together isn't just about being together. Being together is about the practice of being in God's presence. The practice of being here so we can encourage one another. The practice of putting ourselves in a place and a space and a moment where God can speak and touch our lives. May you discover 
that these practices, or as you practice these practices, that they bring life. And, and maybe you kind of just kind of, you know, you've been challenged about kind of participation and, and presence. Um, so maybe as you think about practice, spiritual practices, maybe pick two spiritual practices that you'll do for the next 40 days. 40 days is, is that kind of month and a half that puts us into the place where these things now become a habit. Maybe, it's a, maybe those two things could be one daily scripture reading. Not half an hour, just a few minutes every day. Daily scripture reading and prayer. And then being in worship every Sunday for the next 40 days. And see what happens. And then add something. Friends, I, I, I say to couples when I prepare them for marriage, Alicia will remember, it's your first anniversary. Have you worn that shirt yet? Okay, the, the insider joke. Um, but one of the things I say to couples as I prepare them for marriage, if you forget your wife's birthday, you deserve everything you get. Absolutely. Why? Because we all have calendars on our phone. You can set a reminder three weeks before so you can think about the gift. Two weeks before, you can buy the gift. One week before so you can wrap the gift. The day before so that you remember tomorrow. And the same thing with spiritual practices. Put a reminder on your calendar. Put a, an alarm every day for personal quiet time, scripture reading and prayer. Put a reminder in on Saturday. Tomorrow we're going to church. Set the alarm earlier. Be here. Those spiritual practices will set you up for more. Things like daily examine, weekly life group, volunteering, meeting with a spiritual friend on a monthly basis for accountability, annual spiritual retreats, and many, many more. My prayer is that you, as you practice the practices, as you do them over and over again, you will discover God's blessing and God's presence and God's power. And that especially in times of stress or pressure, because it's already your practice, you will know that you'll get through this because God is God and God is good. Let's pray. Lord, help us to, as we live our Christian lives every day to practice the practices, to put these things in place, these building blocks of our faith, these things that, that put us in the place where we can see you, because you see us all the time. These things that put us in the space where we are able to bless others and bring hope and life to them by our words and even just by being there. Lord, worship is not just about being in church and singing a song. Worship is about responding to you, being in the place where we can experience you and know you, being in that place where we are enabled to allow you to transform us. So, Lord, may our worship not just be about singing, but about being present and the practice of being here. For that's the heart of worship. We want to bring you a song, but more than a song, we want to bring you our lives.
King of endless world.